Multipliers. Welcome back to another episode of the Money Multiplier Podcast. I'm your host, Hannah Kessler, and we ask ourselves, do our dollars make sense? So today I have a phenomenal guest who's joining us, uh, Mr. Kelly Cardenas. And before we really get into this episode and before I bring him on, I really want to set the intention for this episode, all right? It's all about our mindset. Just like in the infinite banking concept, it's all about mindset and process, not the product, right? And so Kelly will talk a lot about how it's all about the people business and that vibe that you give off to those other people. And really, you know, we can always look at our situation and have that glass half empty mentality, or you can have the intention of finding every opportunity in the situations that you faced, whether they be good or bad. So thank you for tuning in to, to today's episode and let's hop into it. Let's bring Kelly on. Host of the Kelly Cardenas podcast, Attitude Determines Altitude. He's a serial entrepreneur, a teacher, a husband, a father, great hair with a great sense of style. And he always says, attitude is everything. So welcome, Kelly Cardenas. What's going on, man? Well, I'm just excited to be here. And I'm very, very honored to be able to be on your show because I know the impact that you make on so many lives. Oh, and I'm happy to have you here. You're, you're an awesome human being. And I'm very excited to share your spirit with the community because I think everybody needs a little bit of Kelly in their life. <laughs> <laughs> so where are you at today? I'm in Carlsbad, California. I call it heaven. Uh, it's been amazing. And people always ask me like, it, you know, where's the favorite place you've ever lived? And I always say right here, right now. And it's not that I love Carlsbad that much, but I just love being exactly where I am right now, right here. And as long as I can stay present, like my wife tells me, which I don't listen to all the time, um, I find that magic happens around that moment. Oh, that's awesome. Now, I actually, so you, Kelly, so you and I we were just together in Utah not too long ago. And I, one thing that I connected with you about is actually your relationship with your pops. And, and that's one thing that I really took away because my father and I, we have a very strong connection and bond. And, and I guess before we get into this episode here, you know, can you share with the audience a little bit about your background? What are your passions and kind of what are you up to nowadays? So uh, as far as my background, I, I was just very, very fortunate. I had two parents that absolutely loved me and picked me up every single day. They told My mom told me that I was awesome, that I was beautiful, and that I could do anything. My pops would just simply tell me I was the greatest and uh, to act accordingly. And they would tell me this every single day. Um, so they really gave me wings, permission to try. And so when I went into the professional beauty industry, this was back in 1993, um, when I went in, they had given me permission to just try. It wasn't about like, oh, I see this industry and this is where I need to go. It was just, they gave me the mentality that if I do something, they would support me hundred percent as long as I went hundred percent in and did the best to my ability, not comparing myself to anyone. So when I got into the professional beauty industry, I just sought out number one, uh, cause number two can't ever do anything. You seek out number one, that becomes the vision. You lock onto the vision, allow that to become your boss. And I, I was very, very fortunate in the professional beauty industry to be around some really, really cool people. And I was speaking simultaneously during that time for 30 years. And my wife asked me in 2019, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I said, well, I want to have a podcast. I just want to speak. That's all I want to do. So we sold the companies. Uh, we started off on the uh, the podcast side and I just went into that, uh, the emphasis of the speaking uh, that was, uh, I had been doing for 30 years anyway, simultaneously, but it was just the focus that I wanted to go to. Yeah. Okay. And, and actually, so for my folks too, so Kelly, you were pretty high up there at Paul Mitchell, right? <laughs> Well, it depends on what you say is high up there. If it showing up uh, before anyone shows up, staying until everyone leaves and doing whatever they tell you at any time um, and being willing, uh, this was a thing with my pops that was uh, massive. It wasn't about being great. It was just about showing up and putting in the work. 
And if you were willing to put in the work, um, you were able to get better at something. I had a person tell me one time that the only reason why you don't like something is because you suck at it. And <laughs> think about that in your life, Hannah, anything that you don't like, you just suck at. But the only reason why you suck at it is because you haven't done it. The only reason why you haven't done it is because you haven't got permission to do it from someone you value. And I got that permission very early on from both my mama and my pops. And that's why I'm so thankful and grateful every single day. Oh, I love that. I love that. No, you're awesome. All right. All right. So really in this episode, um, I want to get into the mindset shift. Okay. Because I think mindset is a thing that we need to work on every single day, not just taking any side days or cheat days. I think this is something that we got to work on every single day, because if you don't, you're going to fall back into those old ways, those old habits. So I guess I want to ask you, Kelly, because you, when I think about mindset and having that positive uh, changing view, I think about you, honestly. And so I guess my question is, how have you developed that mindset that has led to this success that you had in the personal development or even your entrepreneurship that you're doing? Well, I think it all goes it all goes back to uh, my pops told me that there was one business and one business only, and that was the people business. If you took the people out of the business, you had no business at all. Yeah. yeah. And so that was from the very beginning. Uh, my mom was constantly letting me know that if I covered everything in prayer, um, then everything would be okay. Mm -hmm. And I didn't like that part as much as a kid. I was like, no, mom, you got to give me some skills. You know what I mean? Like you got to tell me exactly what to do. But here was the thing, right? My, what my dad, what my pops taught me was that there was this thing, which I later on realized was just a person's vibe, right? So a vibe is the way that someone feels when they leave you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that changes everything. It really, everything teeters on that. Like you and I, there was a vibe when I saw you and I connected with you. I wanted to be around you because you were so wise beyond your years. I thought that you were 20 years older than what you are. Not because, and then some women would be like, wow, how could you say that about a woman? No, because of the intellect, because of the wisdom that you have. But that was the vibe, the way that I felt around you. But I never realized what this thing was and how to be able to construct it. And we talked about it in Utah. Mm -hmm. And really what, what I was just in my men's group this morning and what we looked at is think about the base of this thing, right? So most people go to mindset, but they haven't created their heart set yet. And what their heart set is, is their belief system. And your belief system comes from people around you who you love and value and what you've heard them uh, say, what you've seen them do and what you've become aware of through your senses but it's only the people that you value. That's the only people that can uh, that can uh, impact your belief system, right? So look at the people that you value. It was my mom and my pops, my brother, um, my best friend, Will. All of these people I love and I value. And what it did is it formed my belief system. And my belief system is very, very simple. I'm awesome. Separate myself from my accomplishments. I'm beautiful. Don't compare yourself to anyone. I could do anything that I put my mind to, but just because I could do it doesn't make it my purpose. Yeah. I'm the greatest. So I need to act according to that greatness. That's my belief system. Let's go into the mindset like we were talking about. Our mindset is going to be our intentions. Mm -hmm. And our mindset is formed by any type of education that we learn outside of the people that we value. So you can learn a mindset from people you value and from people you don't. So there's people probably, Hannah, that have phenomenal financial advice that you would never take advice from them in marriage, yeah. right? That's where the mindset comes in because we can learn from somebody, just we can learn that that intentional part, right? But then it comes to the skill set. And the skill set, when we look at that, it's what I learned from doing, from actually doing, but most of us have it backwards, okay? Mm -hmm. So they want an actionable item, right, Hannah? And this is what people ask you all the time. They yeah. say, Hannah, how could you fix my finances? And you're like, pump the brakes mm -hmm. because it's not about the practice that I'm going to give you. Because I could give you, you, you literally, and I know this about you because I've watched you. You could take someone and in three simple steps, actually probably in two, you could change generational wealth for someone if they would just do those three. But they can't sustain those three actions without the right mindset, and they can never even build that mindset 
without the heart set, which is your beliefs. Mm -hmm. So if we go to that first, beliefs are going to come from people that you value. Your mindset is going to come from people around you, books you read, podcasts, things like listening to you. And then the skill set is going to be when you add action to it and you make mistakes and then you learn from it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and actually, because a lot of people, you know, they, they always talk to me about, hey, I want financial freedom. This is what I want. But then they don't even know what that means to them. Right. They, and, and so actually what Chris Noggle says a lot is he says, well, hey, I want you to go out there and I want you to write down what does your perfect day look like? What does your perfect day look like? And then that kind of gets them into that gear of the mentality of thinking, well, hey, these are where my passions and priorities lie. And maybe this is what I should be working on more closely instead of all this other noise and things over here. So I, I totally agree with you because there'd be a lot of people who come in and say, Hey, Hannah, I need your help. I want your help. But if your mindset and your heart set aren't there, I, I can't really help you. I can give you all the steps and, and the step-by-step uh, -step guide to do so, but you got to be there first and you got to meet me halfway on that football field is what I always say. So no, I agree. All right, let, let me ask you this then, okay? So in the mindfulness practices that you're doing day to day, you, you know, so what are kind of your routines? What gets you into that gear and that mode of, of that mentality? Uh, seeking truth, I think is the biggest one. Okay. Um, you know, seeking truth early and often. And, you know, um, I think a lot of times our, our rituals become our religion. And we rely too much on the ritual. And especially I just had, I was on a call the other day and a guy said to, uh, said, he's like, yo, I wake, uh, he said, millionaires and billionaires wake up at 4.30 in the morning. <laughs> so I wake up at 3.30 because I'm going to be even better than them. And I raised my hand and I was like, all the millionaires and billionaires that I know and yeah. I've been very fortunate and they're not guys who are going to be flashy and they're around and, and having uh, built businesses that created millions and millions and millions of dollars also. Yeah. Those people don't do all the crap that you're hearing. Mm -hmm. The people that are trying to sell you on a concept and a, 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 a way of going about it that they then make millions of dollars, but only because people like you buy it, that person does that. Mm -hmm. And so for me, um, daily practice, sometimes I switch it up uh, this morning. Um, I said 30 minutes to stay alive. Okay. And some people were like 30 minutes to stay alive. Yeah. 30 minutes on my bike going uphill. And I beat my record today. I was excited. My record was 409 uh, going up this one particular hill. I hit three, uh, 349 today. So I beat it by 20 seconds. There we go. 30 minutes to stay alive means I'm 48 years old. My wife wants me to be around for a, a while. My dad died at 68. My mom died at 62. Okay. And my wife wants me to be healthy. So 30 minutes to stay alive, 30 minutes on my bike uphill this morning. Now, yesterday, um, my routine was a little bit different, but what I find is that when you seek truth, when you, when you seek truth and when you seek God in your life, what, what'll happen is he will direct the steps of a righteous man and a woman, and he will have you sometimes ride the bike. Sometimes he'll have you go to the beach. Sometimes he'll have you go to this place or that place. But the only way that you could do that is when you accept what's happened in the past you, you, you reverence that part of it, right? You reverence the past, you accept the future. So you can just be present right here, right now, because Hannah, maybe your routine yesterday mm -hmm. won't work today, but the only way you'll know that is if you stay right here, right now. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of people struggle with that. I mean, even myself, oh, okay, let me tell you this. My mom gave me this life advice and I think about it almost every single day where, because I myself, I will get very overwhelmed. You know, I'll see all the appointments on my calendar, calendar that day. I'll wake up and I have 15 text messages, 120 emails, right? And I'll just get so overwhelmed in my head. N not to mention I'm, per I'm buying a house right now. So I'm moving out of my primary residence and doing all that. Right. So, so mom goes, Hannah, 
this stuff is going to be here. It's like laundry. It's never done. It's always going to be there. So what you got to do is you got to put those things on the back burner. Just focus on where you're at right now in this present moment. And if that task comes or that thought comes that you need to work on it, then move it to the front burner. But don't overwhelm yourself because you're just going to be miserable and you're just hurting yourself, right? So I, I think about that almost every single day. <laughs> well, so. and I think I think putting things into play, right? And I, uh, routines aren't going to be bad as long as we don't add the, you know, add so much emphasis to the routine because there have been times where I've got in such a routine that when I wasn't able to do the routine, then it ruined my day. Was my day ruined? No, it was just that I had a, a focal point on something that wasn't as important. Now, here's a, here's a couple of things. Number one is writing. Writing and reading will slow you down. They're the two things that we learn as little kids that we don't like and we don't want to have to do. But yeah. they will slow you down like no other. When you experienced this in Utah, when we were all together, everyone's mind shifted when they had to be quiet and they wrote. And because you can't write fast, like, I mean, some people can, but you can't write as fast as your mind is moving. So it causes your mind to slow down and really be in that place. Mm -hmm. And so I think the, the, uh, the daily practice make sure that you're seeking truth. Like if you steep yourself in truth, what'll happen is, I, I don't know if you, you, you probably know this part of it, but people who um, uh, work in the FBI that work on like counterfeit bills, they okay. don't study all the counterfeits. They only study the real one and they could spot a fake from a mile away. If you steep yourself on truth and you dedicate yourself to truth, whether that be in financial literacy, that be in real estate, that be in any aspect. If I steep myself on the absolute truth, I will be able to spot a fake from a mile away. And then what'll happen, like John Gordon says in his new book, The One Truth, if you haven't read it, you need to read it. Um, he says that a high state of mind has very few things in it. A low state of mind has a lot of things in it. And when you have a few things in a high state of mind and something happens, a circumstance, you don't react to it because there's not that much going on in your life because you're focused. And my pops told me this, the only difference, Hannah, between someone who's great and someone who is the absolute best is focus. Focus. Hmm. Maybe determination too, right? I guess it gets back into daily practice, right? Absolutely. All right. Well, what about, you know, okay. So, cause, cause you are, you've been very, very successful in your lifetime. So what is that connection between business mindset and, and the wealth building aspect? And how does that mindfulness really enhance your financial decision-making? Well, I think it's through a lot of mistakes, uh, through making a ton of you know, really boneheaded uh, things and, and, and also realizing my lens. Right. And when I talked about it earlier, right. So the vibe, the vibe is the way that the person feels around you, right? The only way to have a truly irresistible vibe is to get your heart set, which is your beliefs, your mindset, which is your intentions and your skill set, uh, uh, which is your actions. And you get those in line and that becomes irresistible. But for me, I had it back. I had it, you know, I made a lot of, a ton, a ton, a ton of mistakes, but in making them a lot of financial stupid decisions, my lens as a kid, because of what I saw and what I became aware of through the people that I valued, which is my belief system or my heart set about money was as soon as you get it, it's the root of all evil. So get it out of the house as soon as possible and exchange it for things that make you feel better. Yeah. This is the, and this is, I don't know if anybody relates to that. Maybe I'm the only person and all of you are great people and I'm not. <laughs> so what happened was, is money's the root of all evil. Get it out of your house as quickly as possible and get something that makes you feel good. What did that, what did I just give you a recipe for? Debt, <laughs> right? And for struggle financially. Then as I started to put myself around and I started to uh, like, I started to realize that that was just my lens. It wasn't the world. The world didn't work that way. It was just my lens, what I was seeing and what I was becoming aware of and what my belief system or my heart set was about money. 
Mm-hmm. And then I started getting around different people that I valued, that I loved. And I started to see the way that they worked. I saw your dad. I see Chris Noggle. I see you. I see things like that as I go around. And, but I think that it's giving yourself permission, like my parents gave me, to try to, to fail. Some people are like, you never fail. You only learn. No, no. Uh, there, you fail. You fail. Just be real with it. And I failed a lot. But what my parents also gave me the the permission to do is literally to say one word that would solve everything. Shit. Like, you know, <laughs> it happened. What are we going to learn from it? How yep. can we move forward? Call it and get to a point where you don't need a coach that's telling you what to do. But that voice inside your head is that coach saying, you're the greatest. And right now you're not acting accordingly. Get back to your greatness. You're awesome. You're beautiful. You could do anything that you put your mind to, but just because you could do it doesn't make it your purpose. So get back in line with that purpose, why you were built in the first place and act according to that greatness. And when that started to shift, the finances started to shift the entrepreneurial. I mean, but I tell you being an entrepreneur, as you know, yeah. It's just trial and error. You try stuff, you fail. Figure you, it out every day. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's it's the FIO university. You know what that is? Actually, no, what's that? Figure it out. <laughs> FIO, okay. I like that. FIO university. You should make some merch about that. What do you have that? <laughs> no, that's good. That's good. I, I mean, do, so let me ask you this. Do you have like any recent things or episodes of where things have gone south and that you've had to really shift that mentality or even just game plan, you know, because sometimes game plans got to change. Actually, I think that's what makes entrepreneurs so successful is because, you know, really they are very quick decision makers, right? They say, hey, I I, just like how you said, it's the vibe. Excuse me, but it's the vibe, right? It's the vibe of how I feel. And if I know this opportunity appears in front of me and I can feel that, hey, this is probably something I want to do, they make that decision right there. And then if they need to pivot, they pivot as things go on. That's why, you know, I always say it's easier for dad to go 100 miles an hour than it is to go like 10, right? So have there been some situations here recently where you've had to pivot that mindset and how did you do that? Well, I think, uh, you know, they're, I think they're happening all the time. Um, constantly just making mistakes the, the other day for the podcast, I thought, you know, it'd be really cool to, you know, switch out different cameras and have all these graphics and have it look so pretty. And then I put it on and I watched it and I was like, that sucked. Like I spent so much time. I took hours to be able to do it. And I looked at it and I was like, that sucked, but okay, let me move on from that place. As far as financially, I mean, huge one, uh, coming up on the pandemic. I mean, as we were going uh, through the pandemic, I had, I had just relied, um, on within our company, I had relied on, um, people just telling me that this was happening and that was happening. I had the best accountant in the world. Um, I had this stuff. I mean, we were, we were dealing with, you know, hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars, thousands of dollars a month, but I wasn't as in connection point with each dollar coming in and each dollar coming out. And that was a huge one. Um, you know, and, and realizing that, it wasn't about all the money that came in. It was, it was about the money that stuck around. Yep. And, you know, it was little, little things like that. Um, you know, for me that, that was massive. And then the, the, the other thing where a mistake for me was I got so focused on the systems that I started managing people. Yeah. And so I love the system. I manage the people. And what I found was, is when I started the business, the foundation of it and why it grew to a multi-million dollar business throughout the country was because I loved the people Mm -hmm. and managed the system, Mm -hmm. but I flipped it around. And whenever you flip that around, you said vibe, make sure that you realize guys that your vibe is not the way that you feel. Mm -hmm. The vibe is the way that people feel around you. And this is a thing you can't fake. 
when your heart set, your mindset and your skill set are in line, those are things that you can't even like a person doesn't understand why they want to be around you. They just want to be around you. They don't understand why they trust you. They just trust you. They don't understand why they want to go back to that restaurant or to this place. And so when we do that with brands or with people and they have that vibe that they know that all those things are in line. Now people are like, I'm, I'm referring people to Hannah and I know that she's the greatest. I know that everyone should listen to her. I know that they should take the actionable steps. Can I put my finger on exactly what it is if I sit down and understand it? But most of the time, if we as people and as brands will work on that vibe component, there's mm -hmm. so much other things that we won't have to focus on. Yeah. Yeah. Because it all take care of itself. It all gets aligned together. That's good. That's good. All right. And then actually, so are, are there any future projects that you're working on? You know, so like right now, do you have any, are you doing anything in real estate or your podcast shows or speaking that you have coming up? So in, uh, as far as real estate, we, we were very fortunate and I'm not, I would like to think that I'm a, a real estate speculator. This is the way that God works with me is God will bless me tremendously, even in spite of my idiotic actions. Right. And then, um, when this happens, I can't take credit for it. So I had an experience during the pandemic. My wife, we went to, uh, all our businesses got shut down because we were non-essential. We went to Utah because all our family is there. We're on the lake. My wife, I don't know why she even was thinking this. She's like, we should buy a house in Utah. And I was thinking, we don't have any businesses that are in business right now, right? And, but I wanted to act like I was cool and I could, you know, I want to be the man for my woman. And mm -hmm. I was like, yeah, if we're going to buy a house, we should buy that one right there. And I pointed up, we're sitting on the lake. Yeah. I pointed at a house and my wife was like, she took that as I said, yes, let's go get a real estate agent. Well, I didn't mean that, but she goes and gets a real estate agent. Six weeks later, we come back to Utah. She's like, we got an appointment. I said, with who? And she said, well, with a real estate agent, we're going to go look at houses. You said that you were good. And I was like, I, in my head, I'm thinking, I didn't say that. I was just trying to act cool. The real estate agent takes to a couple of properties. And then the final one, he says, I think you'll like this one the best. Well, we show up and guess where it is. It's exactly where I pointed. Yeah. So we walk into the house, we go through the whole thing. I asked the guy, how can I do this? Because this is my wife's dream house. It has a great view, all this stuff. And he says, I can't take a down payment. And I'm thinking, oh man, he's about to get me. He's like, all I could do is take a, a, a deposit that's fully refundable and it's $2,500. Oh, wow. And I was like, hold on, hold $2,500? Is that really? And I was thinking, I got a credit card right now. I can swipe it and I got 30 days to be able to figure out $2,500. I can find $2,500. <laughs> and he's like, no, sir, you can't swipe your credit card, idiot. Like you can't do that. And so we say yes. Our real estate agent, we leave. Our real estate agent the next day calls us and says, uh, actually a couple hours later says, you made a good decision. I say, why? He says, because um, someone 45 minutes later came and tried to buy the house, but you already secured it. And I said, okay, cool. Next day, that same person went to the escrow place and tried to undercut us and put down the escrow. Mm -hmm. The real estate agent called us and said, this happened, but don't worry. I put down my own money. Wow. Don't worry about it. Just send me $2,500 whenever you get the chance. Hannah, this is in July of 2020. That house does not close until June of 2021. The greatest increase of real estate uh, in the history of man. And we sat on $2,500 for a year in the greatest appreciation of real estate in the history of man. Yeah. I would like to tell you that I'm a great real estate speculator. But, <laughs> but here's the truth is I studied the truth like I told you earlier. And I study it every single day. I read the corresponding proverb for the corresponding day. And what God continued to say, and in Proverbs 10, 22, he says, God will bring tremendous wealth without laborious toil. And when he does, the only thing you'll be able to speak about is not your method, not the thing that you did, not your intellect, not all the things that you're great at, but how great he is. 
And mm-hmm. all he wanted me to do is direct people's eyes. And that view that you spent time in, in Utah was only because I did what God led me and my wife to do, not because I was smart. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I would like to think I'm going to be a real estate speculator. And my wife is like, no dummy, we were blessed. Like, and he'll bless us as we go along. The other thing that we're working on right now is everyone uh, has been going nuts on the uh, podcast guests and they've been asking to be in the audience. And so we created the vibe room. So what the vibe room is, is it's the podcast live in a speakeasy club, a 60s uh, speakeasy club, like a jazz club. And so we have a musical act. We have Damian Horn come in on October 5th. Damian Horn uh, is playing. And then we've got Larry Namer, the founder of uh, the E! Entertainment Network. I'm interviewing him. And then Thurl Bailey, an NBA legend. And so we start off with music. There's a monologue. Then I do two interviews. And then there's networking inside of it. And we also film it. So now people actually get to be a part of the podcast. Wow. And that this is in like Carlsbad. Is that where you're holding it at? Actually, October 5th is in uh, Salt Lake City. It is sold out. Um, it's it's so it 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 blew my mind. I mean, to be able to see this event, this this place, it's exactly what I wanted. But this this is another story with my wife, if I can tell you. Mm-hmm. So we go, Anna, you know, Brooklyn, you love Brooklyn. I know. She's awesome. We go to a place called the Edison House. Big shout out to them. We get there and my eyes go to business guy. I see the speakeasy room. I'm like, that's the vibe room. Instantly, my wheels start turning. How can I make this thing happen? How much is it going to cost me to be able to do it? I got to cater. I got to do all these things. That's going to happen. My wife looked at me and she said like this, and you know, Brooklyn, she said, it's going to happen. Why don't you just shut up and enjoy dinner? <laughs> She's so and cool. I was like, and I was like, no, baby, but you got to understand, like, I got to get the event planner. This is going to be perfect. I don't know how many people would be able to do this. I don't know how I could pull it off. She looked at me and she was like, it's going to happen. Shut up. We're with our friends. Enjoy dinner. Mm-hmm. I would like to say that I was a good husband, but I wasn't. I was not present the whole entire dinner. I was completely distracted. I was on my phone. I was a complete bonehead. There was great food, all this stuff. And my friends were sitting around and all I was thinking, how am I going to make this happen? Then I call and guess what the Edison house has been looking for since they opened. Someone come in there? A live podcast. Oh, that's awesome. And guess what's happening on October 5th? Going out there to the Edison house. And it's sold out. And- you know what I missed? What? Dinner with my wife. That's true. So what I would tell you, all the things that you desire, desire, not want, desire, were placed in you and authored by the creator who created you. Therefore, he's the finisher of it too. Those things are going to happen if it's a desire in your heart. So just stay here right now, because right now, this present moment is the building blocks for the future you want anyway. But most of the time, we end up in a place that we don't want because we weren't willing to put the building blocks of being present first right now. Yeah. What would you say, actually, you said something very interesting. What would you say the difference is between want and desire? Because normally you would think that, hey, this means the same thing, but no, they really don't. I mean, I, I always test desire with truth, right? I want, you know, and I hear this a lot, especially in the financial world. And people ask me how I'm able to speak, right? How am I, how am I able to speak? And you've seen this happen because you've been at events with me. How am I able to speak in the financial world and the real estate world and the, uh, you know, I just did a financial freedom for veterans conference. How are you able to move in those? Because it goes back to my pop, right? There's only one business in the world, one business only, and that's the people business. Take the people out of the business. You got no business at all. And most of the things are principle based. So I always test them with truth. Now a want is going to be based off of circumstance. I'm broke. So I want money because that's going to fix me being broke. Mm -hmm. 
we both know that that's not true though. Mm -hmm. But when you're broke, you believe that's true. And why do you believe it? Let's go back to heart set. Why do you believe it? Because all the people who are valuable around you have told you this thing and you've been aware of it, right? And then you started reading books or uh, listening to TV shows or listening to podcasts that were in line with those beliefs. And that became your intentions. And then your skill set proved that your mindset was right because you kept doing this thing and learning and that was your action. But let's break it down to the lowest common denominator. The difference between a want and a desire is a want is based off circumstantial and a desire is based off a truth. And when you test, when you test it, and, and I would ask you today or tomorrow or, you know, and I could be completely wrong on this. Like all that I'm saying could, I could be completely wrong, <laughs> but I would test it. Yeah. I want a Lamborghini. Test it with truth. Now, I'm not saying a Lamborghini is bad, but test it with truth. Why do you want it? I want it because I grew up and I had nothing and someone told me that I could never be this, so I'm going to show them. When you, get the, when, when you get the Lamborghini, Bobby down the street that said you would be nothing, he ain't going to show up and be like, oh, you're something now. And this is where people, am I correct on this, Hannah? This is where people get into challenges financially, right? is because they say, I grew up like this, so I'm never going back. And this happened to me on a plane, if I could tell you this quick story. Yeah, tell me. What? So I was I was on a plane and this guy rolled up and I was, you know, when you're, you work 80 hours a day to show people that they don't have to work 40. You said <laughs> yeah, that, right? right. <laughs> and sometimes, Hannah, you know, and I know when we get on a plane, we're just shutting off. We're shutting off. We're shutting down. We throw our headphones on, whatever it is. Uh-huh. And I had a, a middle seat and I have a middle seat, but I'm shutting down. I'm in my zone. I start to get it. And this dude looks at me. He's like, what do you fear? And I was ready. I was yeah. ready. I felt like Mike Tyson. I was like, I ain't afraid of nothing. I've made millions of dollars. I've lost millions of dollars. I've made decisions that in six weeks, I lost $1.2 million just from one dumb decision. Yeah. I've built businesses. I've had to close them. I don't fear nothing. And he was like, so why do you do what you do? And I said, and I was ready. It's like a lion. I said, because I grew up in a one bedroom apartment with five people and I ain't never going back. And he looked at me and he was like, fear. <laughs> and I wanted to punch him in his face. Yeah. And I had to, and he just went quiet and he said, that's fear. And I said, no, 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 you don't understand. I ain't ever going back. He said, yeah, but you're focused on the fear of going back. That's fear. That's driving you. He said, you'll never get to where you want to go if you're focused on that fear. And I was like, you who, said who, who invited you into my life, dude? Like I was trying to chill out. But it helped me to realize that if my fuel is fear, what is my exhaust? Yeah. My exhaust is going to be fear. And so when I roll up and I'm in a place, we go back to vibe, right? How does a person feel around you? It's because of the exhaust that you're admitting, not the thing that you think you're projecting. And this is why. So many people, and I love it because they, uh, I joke about it and they get the Steve Harvey's, you know what the Steve Harvey's are? No, Steve Harvey's, what do you mean by that? Those big old chiclet teeth. They get the big chiclet teeth. Right. They, yep. they get those and then they, uh, they have the shiny suit and it's super tight, tighter than they should have. And then yep. they just start yelling at you things that you should do and how awful you are. And you should wake up early and you should do all these things. And all you're seeing, you're not seeing any of the great principles that they could be telling you that could help your financial life. All you're hearing and feeling and experiencing is their exhaust. Mm -hmm. And their exhaust is coming from fear. Mm -hmm. Because they don't want to go back. I'm going to show you because you're going to prove to everybody. And they're admitting that. And then they're wondering why, why, why aren't people being more attracted? Yeah. If you, if you burn dog doo-doo, how does it smell? 
That was smells too good. <laughs> it smells like hot dog doo doo. Only worst thing the dog doo doo is hot dog doo doo. Maybe cat so, I'll challenge you on that one. There we go. There you you're right. And then you know, and you imagine if you have negative fuel to push you towards a positive result, that doesn't make any sense. And that's what that guy exposed in my brain and in my heart. And then I started to have to look at it like, am I looking at what I don't want and running from that? Or am I looking what I do want and simply accepting that? Yeah. yeah. And then thus creating it, turn it into that reality. I'm very proud of you. You've done, you've done a lot in your lifetime and it's awesome. That's so cool. I just keep making mistakes is what it is, Hannah. I keep making mistakes, making a ton of mistakes. And then I just, I want to share them as much as humanly possible because most of the time people get really intimidated by a highlight reel. Um, but people need to be encouraged. Like I, I realized this the other day, I was going to do a, a post on Instagram and I, I, I had to check myself and I was like, oh man, uh, this week I, I said on the, the, the video, I was like, oh, this is. Uh, this week is going to be amazing. I got a uh, top plastic surgeon uh, in the world. It's going to be on the podcast. Then I'm, I get to be with you. I get to be with Miss Hannah Kessler on your podcast. And then I get to uh, interview a guy um, that makes um, uh, sculptures out of wood, doesn't stain any of it, but uh, has done it for like Julius Randall and Nipsey Hussle and Kobe Bryant and all these things. And then I get to interview Larry Kasanoff, who is the... Um, was the producer of um, Dirty Dancing, Platoon, uh, Terminator 2, uh, Mortal Kombat. I mean, he's elite. And I did the video and I got done and I was like, I don't think that really encourages anybody. Okay. Yeah. And I had to check myself because I looked at it and I was like, yay, I'm so excited about what I'm doing. But I had to realize that it wasn't about me and my ego, which was huge in that video. It's about the person listening and, and helping them to understand that you can be empowered to make one small shift in your financial life that will reverberate for years and years and years of generations mm -hmm. and give yourself that grace and realize that it's not going to happen overnight. It's going to take time. And that's why I love what you do, Hannah, is because you are not a flash in the pan type of person. I'm going to fix it in two seconds. You're looking at generationally how you're going to impact people. And that's why I want to compliment you at the highest level. Oh, you're awesome. Hey, and thank you. I, I think one thing you brought up to one thing that I took away from even Utah and Kelly, if it's okay, if I can say this. So for all of my female listeners, you know, once a year, sometimes even I think maybe twice a year, um, uh, Kelly does Kelly and his wife, Brooklyn, they do a, uh, women's retreat and a women's mastermind. So I'll be out there in February, this coming year, it'll be in uh, California. So, um, reach out to us if you want to come and join the ladies. It's a lot of fun. But I really took away grace and giving yourself grace and, and coming back and just reflecting on that time, no matter if it's our monetary life, professional, personal faith, whatever, but, but it's okay to have that grace and just admit, all right, maybe that wasn't the best decision. I screwed up here. Let's, let's ponder on this now let's pivot. And then let's go this direction now. Right. So, so I, I really picked up grace and give myself grace the last time that I was with you. So thank you. I appreciate it. And I think, uh, you know, Hannah, it just goes back to, it goes back to the belief system or, or, you know, when, when, what we talk, what we talked about in Utah was the heart set. Right. And most of the time when I deal with businesses, brands or individuals, most of the time, I would say in the high nineties, it always comes back to heart set which is their belief system. Like, what do you actually believe? Not what you're telling everyone, not, no, what do you actually believe? And once we start to tap into that part, which sometimes I had a guy in my uh, uh, men's group today, he said something and he said, uh, but it doesn't impact me. And I said, stop right there. I said, I saw your, the way that you said it, 
And then you followed up with, but it didn't impact me. And I said, well, let's acknowledge the fact that it did and it's okay. Like give yourself some grace in it. It did impact you and it did make you mad. And he looked at me and he was like, actually it, it really did. But as men, a lot of times we want to make sure that we have the shell around us. And as women, I got a chance to deal with you guys for over 30 years, every 45 minutes. And what I realized is there is a vulnerability that you have that we as men don't have, but a lot of times you will push that to a back seat when you're dealing in a relationship with a man because you think that, uh, because a lot of times we dismiss it. And make sure that if you're a woman or you're a man, like Hannah was saying, give yourself the grace and, and really look at, I'm going to hold these up. Um, if you're listening, I'm holding glasses and they happen to be green and my wife bought them for me and I thought they were kind of cool, but they actually function and I, I can't see close up unless I put the glasses on. And I ask every one of you, when before you go to make a decision, ask yourself about the lenses that you have on. Because if I go to make a financial decision right now and Hannah has sent over a proposal, I can't read it unless I put these glasses on. And when I said it earlier, for me, those glasses that are pure are the glasses and the lenses of the truth. And when you fill yourself up with truth, you will be able to spot a fake from a mile away, but make sure that you're not making decisions without understanding the lens in which you're looking through it, which would be your heart set or your beliefs. Yes. So everybody's got a bias. I agree. That's awesome. Kelly, where can people find you? Uh, kellycardenas.com is, is one, uh, Instagram, but I would ask, and this would be a huge favor. This yeah. is just because my 12 year old son, um, the Kelly Cardenas podcast on YouTube, it would help me because my son always asked me how many subs you got, dad, how many subs you got? Cause he's 12 and the YouTube is like currency to him. Yeah. <laughs> um, I would love that part of it. But uh, like I said, kellycardenas.com will have all of them. And um, it's it's great because we actually, when you were talking about projects uh, before, it should be, we should be finishing up today. The the vibe book is coming out. And so um, it helps to be able to align the heart set, the mindset and the skill set uh, to be able to create that irresistible vibe that all of us are looking for. Is that okay? Or did you co-author with anybody? Is this your book? Or? No, it's mine. Yeah. So oh, it's, awesome. it's mine. It's been a, it's been a labor of love. I, for me, um, I didn't really look up. I looked up to sports uh, people. I looked up to actors, stuff like I looked up to those people as a kid, but I realized in the past couple of years that my true superheroes or my elite athletes um, were, were authors. And when I would read, it was almost like my friend watching highlights or watching, you know, actor act. And I always thought in my mind that there was this barrier for me to become one of those elite athletes because my education wasn't the greatest as far as I didn't read very well, I didn't write very well, and I wasn't great in school. And then I realized what I did realize is as I studied these guys over the years, they were simply telling their story. That's the people who hit the hardest. They were simply telling their story. They were the author of it. They learned how to craft punchlines and the punchline having a point turns into a parable. Hmm. And once you could take your story, create a punchline that turned into a parable, you could allow the audience to be the hero of the story as opposed to you being it. And that's why that the video the other day, I didn't post it. And I'm embarrassed that I even told you the story about it because all I was doing was beating my chest as opposed to lifting up the people and letting them know and encouraging them that, hey, you know, it's possible for you to do these things, but it's also okay if you don't. Yeah. You're, yeah. No, I, I'm i so happy that you shared that story. I think you, you got to share stories like that. So, no, man, I, I'm just excited to come and see you. I, I know. So next year I'll be there um, coming right around the corner because, oh, my gosh, we're in fall time now. So um, so uh, I, I guess, is there anything that you want to leave the listeners with? Any other mentions or details or do you have upcoming events that you want to invite them out to? 
Yeah, so we've got uh, Prosperity Camp and Secret Knock. They're uh, two of the greatest events that you can't <laughs> attend unless you're invited. And I happen to be the co-host of both. So um, those are those are two ones that I co-host with my friend Greg Reed, um, one of the top in the personal development realm. This guy is an absolute beast. He's the only person to ever get the permission to uh, expand on Think and Grow Rich. The only person. Napoleon Hill got a letter that started the personal development movement. And... Um, my friend Greg is the only other person in the world that ever got that letter from the Napoleon Hill Foundation giving him access to some of the most elite people in the world. And he just so happens to be my friend. And he just so happens to have Secret Knock and Prosperity Camp. And I happen to be the co-host of both. And um, so those are ones. We've got the Vibe Room. Stay, uh, stay with us with the Vibe Rooms because um, we're going to be doing more in Salt Lake City. We're going to do it here in uh, Carlsbad. And this is my my only ask. So those, the rest of those are suggestions. My only ask, listen to the podcast. And when I say that, it's not because of me. Uh, what I did is I started it because of my kids. I didn't want them to worship idols. I wanted them to be inspired by icons. And I have been able to get some of the most iconic people in their respective industries. And they talk about who they are as opposed to just what they do. And it has been one of the coolest, I've got to do some really cool projects in my day, but this project, I believe, and everyone told me the only way you can do a podcast is if you have a podcast, then you have a course, then you have a funnel and you push everyone to it. And I told, uh, they were like, well, what's your product? And I said, the podcast. Mm -hmm. So my only ask, if you listen to it on Apple, do a review, share it. If you listen to it on Spotify, do a review, share it. If you listen to it on YouTube, subscribe because my son will think I'm cool. Y'all, isn't Kelly such a cool dude? All right. Well, thank you for joining me today. Um, as always, subscribe to the channels, rate us five stars, give me your feedback, write in with your questions. You can email me, Hannah, spelled the same ways, forwards and backwards, Hannah at themoneymultiplier.com. And go check out some of Kelly's stuff. Go join the community because it really is. It's all about the power of the people behind you, the community and the support that you have. So please go to his YouTube channel, subscribe to his channel. And um, until next time, I'll see you then. Bye, everybody. Bye.